Good morning. It's a blessing to be here this morning. I appreciate Andrew giving me the opportunity to speak and uh, share with you what God is doing, but I also want to share with you a passage from His Word this morning. If you would turn to Mark chapter 10, I'm going to look at a, just a very short passage there and, and kind of apply that to, to uh, some things that are going on in our lives as well. And uh, Andrew, I'm not sure where you are in here right now, but um, you know, you said uh, being in the flesh, and uh, truth be told, as Paul, I'm probably the worst of sinners, and uh, in my humanity, I, am a, I live in the flesh sometimes, and I think sometimes we as missionaries uh, are put on a pedestal that we're a, a special breed of people or something, but we are humans just like everyone else, and we mess up, and it, if it were not for the grace of God, um, we would all still be living in the flesh, and uh, so I, I praise God that um, He has forgiven us of our sin, and through his son, Jesus Christ, um, who I want to share with you this morning and some of the things that he's been doing in our lives. In Mark chapter 10, first of all, I want to begin reading in, in verse 46. It says, Then they came to Jericho, and this is actually the only uh, passage in Scripture that shows that Jesus was in Jericho. It says, When they, Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he was crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, and in those days a cloak for a blind person meant everything because it was their only possession that they had to collect money and offerings in, in, from people. This man, throwing away his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus, and answering him, Jesus said, and here's the passage, the verse I want you to focus on, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well, or your faith has basically saved you is what Jesus was saying. And immediately his sight, he regained his sight and he began following on the road. Jesus. I love this passage because there's a question that Jesus asked this man, and I think it's a question that he asked all of us, and that is, what do you want me to do for you? It was a question that um, I kind of asked myself, of, 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 or asked Jesus for myself when we arrived in, in Georgia back in March of 2020, a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. And um, the question that I asked Jesus was not one I was expecting because we went overseas with uh, our organization, Reaching and Teaching International Ministries, thinking we were going to train Georgian pastors. That was what we were called to do, and that's what I was excited and looking forward to doing. But after we arrived there last March, it didn't take long uh, to realize that my plan was not God's plan. And one of the verses that has stuck with me this past year uh, during the pandemic uh, year was... Uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, that says, The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. 
And I don't know about you, but so often I like to plan my life, and I think what I'm going to do is God's plan. And then he quickly shows that his plan isn't necessarily, or our plan isn't necessarily his plan. And we found that out real quickly when we arrived in Georgia during the pandemic here. We were making all these plans to move to the city of Batumi, which is where the video was filmed. We were on vacation this past June, and a friend of ours put that together for us. And uh, we were thinking, we're going to move to Batumi and work there and train pastors throughout Georgia living in Batumi. But when the pandemic hit, um, by God's grace, three days after we arrived in Georgia, which was a, a divine thing, uh, we realized that training pastors was not what God's plan was for us. We met this man, Ben, who was in the video uh, very shortly after we arrived there. And um, if you want to go ahead and pull up the slides, there's a, a picture. I think it's the second slide. Um, you get a better picture of Ben, and I'll talk about him and the other man in the slide in just a few minutes. But I, I met, we met Ben uh, very quickly after we arrived a year ago, April. And we hit it off very well and started making plans on, okay, God, if, if we're not to train Georgian pastors, what is it you do have us uh, here for in Georgia? So we, we got together with Ben and uh, Gia, our dear uh, Georgian pastor friend who's there in Tbilisi, and we just began last summer praying, God, what would you have us to do? What is your calling in our lives? We all knew we were like-minded in what we were wanting to do. We wanted to establish a church for Iranian people who speak Farsi. And so we just started praying and, and strategizing, how can we do that? And so last fall, in uh, September and October, we felt like God was calling us to start English language classes for Iranian people so that we could teach them English and maybe by meeting them we could start uh, having one-on-one -on -one relationships and eventually lead them to the Lord and use that as a way to plant a church. And so in, in October we made these plans that we would start these English classes, I believe it was the last week of October. Um, but again, our plans were not God's plans because uh, right the night before, actually, that we were to start these classes, the Georgian government shut everything down again because the second wave of COVID came through. And so again, we're like, God, what are your plans? Because we thought these were your plans. And it, the, it was still his plans. It was just the timing wasn't right. And so we kept waiting and, and praying. And so we tried again in, uh, in January and February. We started making plans to have these English classes and Ben finally told Gia and I, he said, you know, I think we should try something different. I think that we should try, instead of having ang uh, English language classes, let's just um, make, uh, get the word out, because Ben works with an uh, organization called World Vision, and he, he works with the United Nations uh, humanitarian organization in Georgia, so he knows the Iranian people very well, and there are about 1,300 in Georgia today. And so he knows how to get the word out to these people and, and announce that we're going to have a certain meeting. And so we decided on one particular Thursday night, last, or this past March of 2021, just to open it up. He got the announcement out to as many Iranians as he knew that we were just going to have a worship service on a Thursday night, and anyone was invited to come, believers or non-believers. And so we had this worship, I believe it was the second Thursday of March, and um, we had nine people show up. And we were so thrilled that nine people showed up. And um, Diaco, the, the gentleman in, in the right-hand side, was one of those first uh, persons that showed up. And, and we were thrilled. And so the next week we had 20 people show up. And the third week we had 21 and then 25. And then it went up to 30. And we're like, okay, God, you're, you're finally starting to work. You know, we, we really felt excited about what God was doing, that this church was, was taking off. 
And there are so many stories that uh, I would like to share this morning real quickly in the time that I have about some of the people that we have met and how God is using this church to reach Iranian people. But I want you to keep in mind this question as we go through, what do you want me to do for you? Because it's a question we all, um, I think, want uh, Jesus to ask us. What, do you, what does he want us, uh, what does he want him to do for us as well? And so we got this church started, and um, after a couple of weeks, we were, we were meeting in this small office that we had rented for about $300 a month that we were doing Georgian language uh, studies in and using it for other purposes for men's Bible study that we were conducting. And uh, we were going to be outgrowing this small office. So the second week that we were meeting in that small office, two ladies showed up, and they were sisters, Iranian sisters, but they had been living in America for quite a few years. And they had moved back to Georgia to begin um, to live closer to their third sister who lived in Iran. And so they bought some apartments in a, a big sky-rise apartment building. And um, after the, the third week of our worshiping in the old office building, they wanted to meet with Ben and I. They had something they wanted to propose. And so we met with them, and they said that they had a vacant apartment that they would like for us to use. Their sister, who's also a believer, back in Iran, said that she would like for us to use this vacant apartment, which was bigger than where we were meeting, uh, as long as the gospel was being preached. And we thought, you know, we cannot afford this apartment because it was 1500 on average uh, dollars per month in an apartment like that. And they told us that their sister did not want rent from us. She just wanted us to use it to reach Iranian people. And so we had a bigger place to worship with these folks. And, and things started happening, and, and we just kept growing, and, and it continues to grow. And, and hopefully um, over the next year, we will continue to see it grow to reach these Iranian people in, in Georgia. I wanted to share just real quickly something about Ben, though. I mentioned quickly in the video that he was a believer um, years ago, he grew up in Kuwait. Uh, his father went missing when he was a teenager, and he does not know where his father is today. He saw uh, one of his closest friends shot before him because they were believers um, by uh, people that were after them because of their faith in Christ. And his family said, you need to get out of, of uh, Iran because your life is in danger too. And so he did escape to the Turkish border, and he ended up in Georgia and um, by God's grace, that was four years ago, and by God's grace, we've uh, had the privilege of meeting him and working together with him to reach Iranian people. Um, and he's one of our, our, our greatest assets to the church today. He does the translating for, for Gia and I when we preach in English, and hopefully this fall when we get back and start learning Farsi, eventually we won't need Ben to translate anymore. But he's a great man of God, and he is being used mightily by God there in Georgia to reach his own people. And so you can pray for him. He's back in um, Georgia right now leading the church alone because Guy and his family are also gone this summer um, as well in Germany. So that's uh, Ben, and, and we're working with Ben very closely. Uh, the other man in this video, or in the picture I wanted to show, is uh, his name is Diaco. Diaco is 31 years old, and um, he is a Kurdish Iranian. And uh, he came to Christ through his brother-in-law, who's a Canadian, uh, married to Diaco's sister, and um, somehow Diaco got introduced to a, a pastor, another Canadian pastor, who was coming in and out of Armenia. And if you can go back one slide, there's a map there. Armenia is just south of Georgia. It's in between Georgia, where we live, and the country of Iran. 
And so he was going back and forth into Armenia from Iran because this Canadian pastor was coming to Armenia about four times a year and doing a training and teaching to Iranians who some of them were not believers. They were just coming to, to hear what this man had to say about Jesus. And so uh, Diaco, who was uh, intending at the age of 24 to sign up for the Kurdish rebel army to go fight ISIS back in 2014, um, decided not to. God called him away from that because of his brother-in-law leading him to Christ and being discipled by this Canadian pastor coming into Armenia. And so he became a believer and started uh, growing in his faith in Christ. And he and his brother Aresh uh, ended up in Georgia. And Diaco has been a faithful uh, member of the church and coming regularly. And uh, I've been meeting with him on Mondays, uh, discipling him and just sharing time, going through scripture and and um, helping him to grow in his faith as well. And, and Ben and I and, and Gia, we still meet regularly as well on a weekly basis. Uh, so that, that's, a, that's our, our friend Diaco, and you can pray for him, pray for Ben, as they continue to, um, to minister there in the church and grow in their faith. Uh, I want to show one other picture um, as well, some other folks that I would like to introduce to you that are Iranian uh, believers as well. We, had, um, we started having people over to our home um, this uh, past year as we were getting to know these Iranians that were coming to the church. And uh, one of the couples that we met is uh, Ali and Sami. And there in the picture, Ali is, uh, is on the left and his wife is, is uh, right next to Carolyn. And um, we've become really good friends with these two, uh, this young couple. They're in their 30s. They, they don't have any children at this point, but... I'm sure they would love to um, eventually, but uh, we have gotten to know these two people, and they are dear friends of ours, and, and we love them. We've uh, developed relationship, and I've been discipling uh, Ali as well, and, and um, ministering to he and his wife on a regular basis, and um, Ali um, asked this question. Well, I, I asked this question the Tuesday night. We have our Bible study discipleship groups on Tuesday night with the Iranian people that are part of the church there. And um, back before I came to the States, this was about three weeks ago, we had our last Tuesday night Bible study before um, I was to leave on um, that Thursday evening. And we have our Bible study right after our English language class on Tuesday night. So we were kind of transitioning between the English class and Bible study that night. And I had some questions um, that I wanted to ask the, the Iranians there that evening just to help them practice their English, but also get them thinking about their relationship with Christ. And one of the questions that I asked that night was, I wanted them to fill in the blank to the sentence, I wish God would. Now, does that question kind of sound familiar to what we saw with Bart Bartimaeus? Jesus asking that question, what do you want me to do for you? And I was asking the Iranian people, what do you wish that God would do for you? What, how would you answer that question? And in, in our American mindset, we can think of a lot of things that I, I think that we would answer that question with. I wish God would do this. I wish he would end the pandemic. I, I wish that we didn't have to wear the mask. Or I, I wish that, you know, there was world peace. And, and on and on and on we could go. And so I asked that question. I said, fill in the blank. And one of the Iranian ladies spoke up. She said, I, I wish that we had a, a building that we could worship in, that, that was ours, that was the churches, and that we weren't using apartments and offices all the time. 
And it was a legitimate, a legitimate request because we really sincerely do, do need a, a place that we can do ministry out of, not just to worship, but for many other reasons as well, which is part of the reason that we're here this summer is to try to raise funds to purchase such a building. And so she, she answered that question with her answer. And then Ali spoke up and he said, um, here's what I wish God would do for me. And it wasn't what he really wished God would do for him as much as he wished that God would do for his people. He said, I wish that God would free Iran. Iran has been closed basically for about the last 40 years when the Islamic uh, regime took over back in 1979. And things have just gotten worse because we know that many Christians have been persecuted in Iran. It's not a safe place to live if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, as Ben found out, as Diaco has found out, as Ali and his wife Sami have found out. They've all gotten out of Iran because it's a dangerous place to live if you're a Christian. People get killed in Iran because of their faith. And many of them have come to Georgia to escape that persecution. But many of them, if they lose their residency because the Georgian government is closing the doors to Iranian people because they don't want very many Islamic people coming into their country. And so if they cannot get out to go another, to another country, which costs a lot of money, many of them end up having to go back to Iran, which is a very dangerous place if you're a Christian. And so Ali answered that question. He said, I wish that God would free Iran. I don't know how to answer that question or respond to that question as an American because we have never experienced what these people have experienced when it comes to worshiping freely. We don't know what it's like to, to meet in a, in a house not knowing if the secret police might show up and arrest everyone and take them away and execute them. It's a dangerous place. And when he says, I wish that God would free Iran, he wants freedom, true freedom that we really, I don't think, understand. He made the comment, Ali made the comment one time during that, that conversation that we were having. He said, Mr. Barry, he said, we don't want to, to leave Iran to live a better life. He said, we want to, live, we want to leave Iran because we just want to live. I don't know how, I don't know that any of us could say that. We just want to live. We want to have the freedom to live. We want to have the freedom to worship like you have. And it's so hard because, you know, I'm trying to relate. I want to understand what they're thinking, what their mindset is, to be able to respond to that and say, you know what, Ali, I understand what you're saying because I don't understand what he's saying. I'm not there. I haven't been there. So please pray for them as they... As they want to, to live. They want to know more about Christ. And it's so, it's so encouraging to see the hunger in these people and the thirst that they have for Jesus Christ. It's refreshing to me. And, and to, to be honest, I, I did not want to come home this summer because there's such a, a joy in being with these people and just seeing them say, you know, we want to know more. Please tell me about this. And they have so many questions. Diaco, we, we kid him because when we were, we had a group from Living Hope Baptist Church back in June that came over and, and taught for a week. They taught through the Old Testament and they taught through how, how to study the Bible. And these people, they have so many questions after each talk. And Diaco's always got his hand raised and he's always got these deep theological questions. And we tease him. It's like, okay, who, who has a question except for Diaco? Because he just wants to know. He wants to learn more about Christ. And it's so convicting because, you know, here in the States, 
I don't know that we have that same hunger, that same thirst to really know who Jesus Christ is and to really want to walk with Him and know Him more personally on a daily basis. I tell people that since we've been back this summer, I said, here's what God's been doing in, in our lives this past year. It's so exciting because I feel like I've gone back 2,000 years ago and we're living in the, in the days of the, the New Testament church. We're living in the days of, of, you know, of God's Holy Spirit being poured out on the people there, on believers. And we ju we're just walking with Christ. And every day something new happens. Every day we get to see Him, not necessarily every day, but we get to see Him transforming and changing people's lives. And when I say transforming, I mean their lives are being taken completely out of darkness into light. Com completely out of, out of being imprisoned to, to being free in Christ, imprisoned to their sin. And we're seeing lives change right before our eyes, and it's so exciting to be a part of that. And to think that, that God is, is allowing us to be a part of that. And not only us, but people like you, Union Baptist Church, because you support us. You support our ministry. You support us, most importantly, with your prayers. You support us with your finances to get to do what we get to do. Because you are making a difference in people's lives, and people's lives are being changed because you're giving. You're giving of your, your time to give. You're giving of your time to pray. And because of that, in my opinion, I tell the churches that we speak to, you all are our heroes. Because if it weren't for each of you, we would not get to do, we would not be the ones that get to see what's taking place in the country of Georgia with Iranian people. So we, we thank you for that. Um, one other person I want to share with uh, real quickly is the, the other lady in, the, in the, the picture there. Her name is Shuka, and we met her in, in mid-April of this past year. She, she showed up, I think it was the, either the first or the second night that we were meeting in the new apartment building. And we, we did not know who she was. We hadn't seen her before. And so I asked Ben, I said, who's this, this new lady that's coming? And he said, her name is Shukin, and she was coming with her daughter, uh, Deanna, who was six years old. And, and Deanna and our, small, our youngest daughter, Evangeline, hit it off and became good friends. And uh, we found out that uh, Shuka was not a believer um, from what Ben stated, she, she wasn't practicing Islam. Uh, she just basically really didn't believe anything as far as you know, religion goes. And so I said, Ben, I said, we need to reach her. <laughs> we need to reach all of them that come. But I wanted to make sure that, that we reached her because some Iranians, they show up to our worship service and they kind of check us out and then they may not come back. And so it's important that when, we, when they do come, that we do everything we can to reach them. And so she kept coming uh, every week. She would come to the Thursday night worship. And she would show up to uh, Tuesday night Bible study and Tuesday night English classes. She was there every week. And then I found out she was going back to Iran soon. I said, Ben, we really need to reach her. Because if she goes back to Iran, we, we probably won't ever see her again. And we need to make sure that she knows who Jesus Christ is. And then once she gets back to Iran, we hook her up with a, a church there and people who can help disciple her. So she kept coming and kept coming, and we kept sharing and kept sharing. And then one Thursday evening after one of the worship services, she came up to, to me after the service, and she, 
had Diaco come over to help her translate. Her English is not as good as Diaco's, and she wanted to make sure that, that I understood what she was trying to tell me that evening. And she came up uh, to us, and, and Carolyn was there with me that, that evening, and, and she basically, in her own broken English words translated through Ali, said that she feels something inside that she hasn't felt before. There's this love that she's feeling inside that she's never known before. She said, I've seen it through you. I've seen it through the church here, and I want whatever this is. And she was talking about the love of Christ because she really felt like this is a different kind of love that I have never felt before. But isn't that exciting? When you have someone come before you and say, something different's going on in my, in my soul, in my life, and I want whatever that is because I know that you have it. And so we shared, this is what it is. It's Jesus Christ. He loves you. He came to this earth to die for you. He came to this earth to die for you and He was resurrected for you because He wants to forgive you of your sins and He wants to give you a new life. And she basically said, this, that's what I want because I don't have that. And she was baptized. She, the video showed her being baptized back on June 6th with Ali and Sami, who had never been baptized before. And two other Iranian men were baptized that day. It was an exciting day. We, we had a joint service with uh, the Iranian church that we planted and, and Gia's Georgian church. We had probably about 60 people that day. And we went out to Tbilisi Sea, which is just right outside the city, to do the, the baptisms. And that, that day, um, we were going to have a, a joint fellowship time afterwards where we were going to eat and, and get together. But that, uh, that morning, it was calling for rain, 70% chance of rain at, at, you know, at 1 o'clock or at 5 o'clock and at 3 o'clock. And we're like, we have got to get these people baptized or it's going to start storming and pouring down rain there on June the 6th. So we got out to the lake after the morning worship service, and you can see the, the clouds behind coming in. They're, they're rolling in. It's like, we've got to get this done. And we, we, we baptized them, and, and uh, it was a wonderful day. But um, I, I want to tell you that um, with Shuka, she, she did end up going back to Iran. Uh, about a, well, It's probably been about three or four weeks ago, about a week before I left, somewhere in there. She went back to Iran. Uh, she, she's married, and her husband was in Iran. They both came to Georgia about four years ago and were living in Georgia, but because of the circumstances there and it was getting harder and harder for them to stay, her husband decided they needed to go back. And so she and, and her daughter went back uh, to Iran. And um, we, we understand that the church that we're serving there is going to be a transient church because we're going to see people come and go. But it's hard knowing, you know, when you've built relationships with people and you've poured your life into people to try to get them to know who Jesus Christ is and then to see them leave, leave it's hard, especially knowing that they're going back to a country that kills Christians. And I was expressing to Shuka uh, one night during one of the worship services or the Bible studies, I don't remember what it was, my concern for her because I, I feared for her life. Because I know what, you know, I've read and people, other Iranians have told me what it's like when you go back to Iran, especially if you're a believer in Christ. And I was telling her, I said, please be careful. I said, don't just go out and openly, you know, share your faith. You have to be careful and you have to be strategic about how you reach people. And I was concerned. I was emotional trying to tell her this. And she said, uh, Mr. Barry, two weeks ago you preached a sermon here at church 
And in your sermon, you said that we serve a God who makes the impossible possible. This is a new believer, and she's telling me this. And she said, what are you afraid of? Why are you so afraid that something could happen to me in Iran? Do you know what conviction is? <laughs> when you have someone who is a new believer telling you, basically, where is your faith? Do you not have enough faith that God can protect me and use me in my own country? And I was so convicted. The day that she was baptized, we were out in the water, and uh, as we were baptizing these people, uh, I was having them repeat this good confession and making sure they understood what was going on. And Ben was out there translating in the water for us, and as I was about to baptize uh, Shuka, I was asking, you know, I was having her repeat this, but, you know, here in, in America, when we have people repeat the good confession, after, you know, while we're there, they're usually looking at you, you know, they're repeating it after you're saying the words to them. And I noticed that day that Shuka was not looking at me, she just kept looking forward off into the distance. And so I baptized her and didn't think anything about it until uh, right before she was to leave to go back to Iran. I brought it up and I said, Shuka, before you left, or the day that you were baptized, I said, when we were in the water, I said, I was saying the good confession, these words to you, but you never looked at me. I said, I'm curious to know why you, you didn't look at me when I was speaking with you. Is it a cultural thing? What, what, what was the, the, the reason? And she said, there was, there's no cultural thing. There's, there's no reason other than this. She said, you remember it was going to storm that day and, and the rain was coming in, the clouds were moving in. And I said, yes, I, I remember and she said, when I looked off into the distance, she said there was a break in the clouds. And she said, I could see the, the rays of the sun coming through the, the break in the clouds. And she said, I was reminded, it reminded me of John the Baptist uh, when he was baptizing Jesus. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jesus like a dove. And she said, to me, I, I saw the Holy Spirit coming through those clouds. And I did not want to take my eyes off of him. Again, this is a, a lady that had only been a believer about a, a month. Saying something like that. I don't want to take my eyes off the Holy Spirit. It's a question I think, or statement we should all make. You know, where are our eyes today? Are they on Jesus? Are, are, are we allowing His Holy Spirit to work in and through us? Something exciting I want to share she has been back in Iran for probably close to a month now. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I received a, a message on, on WhatsApp from her. Because I knew when she got back, she's this kind of person. She's kind of quiet on the outside, but I think she's got a heart that she's going to do what she feels like God's calling her to do. And about two or three weeks ago, I got a, a WhatsApp message, and she said, um, I, I just want to let you know about my friend. Her name is... Um, uh, Azade, and she had a picture there of, of her friend, and she said, I haven't seen my friend in over four years since she'd been living in Georgia, and her friend called her up and said, uh, Shuka, I want to meet with you because there's uh, something going on in my life, there's this, uh, this hole in my life, and I don't know what's going on, so she met with Shuka for lunch one day, and, and Shuka basically said, here's, here's what's happening, here's what's missing, and she shared Christ with her friend. And she just wrote back and said this, she is ready. <laughs> like, that is so cool. Her friend wants Jesus too. She wants this same love that, that Shuka felt. And she said she wants to be baptized. It's like, okay, now how are we going to do this? Now, she's back in Iran. I can't go to Iran. 
I said, we'll work something out. We'll, we'll get it taken care of. Because she said, her friend said, I want to be baptized by the same person that baptized you. So that was about two or three weeks ago. About a week and a half, a week and a half ago, get another message. What's that? She said, I want to show you my friend. Her name is Tina. She said, Tina had been telling her, Shuka, I've been having dreams about you. And I don't know why, but I want to get together with you. And so she met with, with Shuka, and, and she said, I'm having these dreams about you. Can you tell me why I'm having these dreams? What's going on in your life? Shuka said, here's what's going on in my life. Here's, what's happened when I, here's what happened when I was in Georgia. Started going to this church. I met this guy and his family who told me about Jesus, and I've got Jesus in my life. You need him too. And Tina's like, that's why I'm having the dreams. I want Jesus too. Shuka wrote back, she's ready. She wants to be baptized. Isn't that awesome? To think, I'm saying, you, you can't go back to Iran, it's dangerous, you might get killed there. And she's going back to Iran and she's winning people to Christ. Because God has other plans. His ways are not our ways. His plans are most of the time different from our plans. Another theme verse that I've had this, this past year is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, where Paul says that God is, is able to do abundantly beyond all that we imagine or even think. I never this time last year ever would have thought that he would have us where he has us today, reaching Iranian people in the country of Georgia. It's so exciting to be a part of reaching this, this group of people that has been closed to the gospel for about 40 years. But today, Iran is the fastest growing church in the world because many people are being reached because of, of simple country people like Union Baptist Church who are giving their time and money and prayers to see these people reached. I just want to share real quickly in the few minutes they got left that we believe, and again, God may change our plans, but we believe that God still has greater things to do that are abundantly beyond what I'm thinking or even imagining. I, I want to start learning Farsi this, this fall really deeply so that I can relate to these people in their own language. It's such a, such a, a desire of mine. But we also want to start going in and out of Armenia from Georgia because Iranians cannot get back to Georgia right now, but they can get into Armenia. So it's our plan to start going in and out of Armenia and bringing teams to help disciple and teach Iranians there this upcoming year. And I've been talking to churches, some, some of the leaders in the churches that support us on how we can do that and how you can help do that. So pray for that, that this would, would get started, the work there in Armenia as well. And then also pray that God would provide a place for these people to, to, to meet for worship and a place for us to do ministry out of with these special needs children in Georgia, with women who really need help because Georgia has the sixth highest uh, uh, rate of abortion in the world per capita. It's just a, a huge stronghold that Satan has over the people of Georgia in that area. So please pray that God would provide the funds for this new building and that His will would be done in that area as well. I, I really do appreciate um, the opportunity to come and share with you what God is doing because of you, because of people like you. And it is exciting to be a part of this. And God continues to work. And we pray that you would continue to support us in His work there in Georgia. Because, you know, Jesus really does ask us that question, what do you want me to do for you? So if you had to answer that question today, during our time of prayer now as we um, close, tell God 
God, here is what I want you to do for me. Because Jesus told Bartimaeus, he said, your faith has saved you. Because Bartimaeus had faith that Jesus would answer that question. But there's this kind of a condition that goes with it. Jesus also said, you need to go. I'm going to do for you what you've asked. Now I want you to go, and I want you to share with people who I am. And it says that Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Because he had this calling. Jesus said, come to me. He called Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus went to Christ. And I believe he's calling us today too. Because he has a specific plan and purpose for each and every one of us. If we'll just trust him and give our life to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I thank you that you use us despite our unworthiness. That you use us despite the fact that, that we are human beings and that we, we are sinful people. And God, we thank you that you sanctify us. That you call us unto yourselves. Lord, we would never come to you. But we thank you that you have come to us and that you have called us to be your own. God, we thank you that you see fit to use us, whether it's in the Republic of Georgia or in Hancock County, Kentucky, or wherever it is in the world, we thank you that you have chosen to call us and use us for your glory. Father, I know there are probably each and every one of us here today who want to tell Jesus, here is what I want you to do for me. So Father, during this time of, of silence and solitude, I pray you would hear their prayer, that you would answer, and that they would see the glory of God in their own lives through what you want to do for them. Father, thank you for the opportunity to share just a little of what you're doing in the country of Georgia with these Iranian people who are so desperate to know who you are. I thank you that you continue to reach Iranians there and throughout the world. God, give us the, the desire to do more and to see more for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.